For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story. Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina. I'm Osiris. And we are the proud parents of Aiden. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode. I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening in. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback. People are saying, hey, great episodes. Really interested. Thank you very much for putting that information out, whatever the episode may be, because it kind of hits home for them. And pretty much that's really our goal is to, you know, to share our experiences because we know we're not the only one going through it. And it really inspires us to keep going. Exactly. So thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you very much. Today's episode is about Tonshin's Bill S8191. How did we get to that? I mean, (laughs) we're just everyday people. All of a sudden now we got a bill with our son's name on it in New York State, Albany, waiting to be I guess reviewed again. I, I'm still confused about what is holding mm-hmm. things up. It's been about a year, almost a year and a half, two years now. Yeah. And since they've actually looked at it, put on hold, and still waiting to review it because they're waiting for some information. So we're going to share that story and what led up to it, and then also get into where it is now and what's expected. Exactly. So we're going to give you some backdrop. So we were so fortunate that Aiden was able to attend pre-K in Harlem. Um, It was a full day program. At that time, Aiden was getting to CBD three times a day, a morning, an afternoon, and an evening dose. So if he was going to attend school full time, he would need to get his CBD um, at school. He had a nurse that was with him on the bus and a private and a nurse that was with him specifically for him in the classroom. So we're all excited. We packed up his meds and everything to give to the nurse. And I remember that morning, the nurse was looking at the meds. She's like, mm-hmm, okay. And she said, what is this? I said, oh, this is CBD. She was like, no, I don't, I can't give that out. I'm saying, what? We have a prescription. It's for a seizure. She goes, oh, no, I can't give that out. I said, OK. So I called her supervisor and she said, no, we can't give it out. And she came with this whole excuse how it wasn't federally legal and we can't give it out. Blah, blah, blah. Despite the fact that he has a medical marijuana card, probably one of the few well, the first, children, yes. or if not the first child in New York State. To have a medical marijuana card. Yeah, so we had every documentation. We were using a cannabis doctor. He has epilepsy diagnosis. We thought, you know, it was mainstream that, you know, CBD helps with seizures. And well-known, well-documented. But that wasn't enough. So then I emailed the New York State Nursing Board. God, we, we, we just to say me and this person got into a lot of back and forths. A lot of firm, strong emails were sent. And just to make a long story short, the answer was no. 
they gave I'm not going to get into all the reasons why they said no, but a lot of it was it wasn't FDA approved. I think it was more personal than anything. Some else. of it seemed like it was more personal opinions. Yes, that's what it was really. So the nurse wouldn't do it. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Because we knew he needed it three times a day. Yeah, and then we started seeing the benefits. So it was important for him to get it. And so that kind of put us in like hyper mode and basically anxious because we were like trying to figure out how is this going to work? Especially the fact that we both worked in distant areas from the school and where he was attending. So I decided to make the decision like, Okay, I will go leave work to administer it. So I would travel about 40 minutes, 30, I would say 30 minutes, one way from my job, get to his school, which was another 10, 15 minutes to get there, administer the CBD, then turn around, hop back and get to my job. And, you know, I'm like, this does not seem right. It it wasn't sustainable. Let's just put it that way. This is not fair. My son needs this to participate in school. Yeah, and okay. to go to school. Yeah, exactly. And what's so crazy is that he can get the Depakote. He can get the Onfi. There's also those pharmaceutical drugs that could become very addictive mm-hmm. that have the crazy side effects. He can get those with no problem on the bus, off the bus, in the school. But something that's a plant, that's natural, no, you can't. Because I, of an outdated law. Exactly. So I, I was like, what are we going to do? So we started doing some research. And we saw that there was a few states... That had some laws in place yeah, that, allowed for it. that allowed the administration of CBD in schools. One of them was Maine. And New Jersey. Maine, New Jersey. What was the other one? There was a third one. I think it was D.C. No, but that's a district. Washington, D.C. I, I'm not sure, but there was a third one. There was one. a third one, yeah. So we're like, whoa, New Jersey? Well, that, you know, that's like, close. that's really close. So how come we're behind the times and we don't have any laws in place? So... I said, what can we do? I said, why don't we come up with a bill? Which is true. Or even, uh, I think also, I think where it started is like, besides getting a bill, like, let's talk to our politicians first and see what we can do. Exactly. So we started local. We started local. So like, what can we do? Because this is not, Aiden is not going to be the only student with this issue. Yeah, as it was getting more popular, we knew that this is not going to be just for Aiden. This is for other kids as well, I, I, and it's just not fair. Yeah, I don't even think I would name it popular, but I think it's the more awareness that people started realizing. Exactly. Like, I could use this to treat my child. So, having worked in what fifteen, I had fifteen years experience of working in schools. So, I've seen children that could have benefited from it, mm-hmm. and you're currently working in schools, so you see the kids that could benefit from CBD oil. So, it's like eventually, this is going to be something where kids are going to be going to school and they're going to the nurse. And they're going to be needing their CBD, CBD oil. So let's jump. So our thought process is like, let's jump ahead and exactly. get this ball rolling now. Not only for Aiden, for other kids. Because I'm yes. thinking, imagine your child needed their nebulizer or their for their asthma mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it. How how unfair is that? How scary is that? How scary. Some kids need um, their CBD to stop seizures, you know, as yes. a rescue medic. Like, this is not fair. And everybody, every child has a right to go to school. So uh, the mayor, uh, de Blasio, was having a town hall meeting. And I'm not the type of person to really go to these type of things. No, no. Or really have to, 
You know, so I said, you know what? He's our mayor. He's having a meeting. He needs to know that this is going on. And I was like, go get him, girl. (laughs) I'll stay home with Aiden. Go get him. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, give him hell, too. Did I say give him hell? Yeah. (laughs) So um, I went to the meeting, the town hall meeting, and everyone posed a question. It was it was a long it was, it went over like four hours but I stayed to the end I wasn't called to pose a question to the mayor but I, I said let me just stay at the end at least to the end maybe I can you know somehow get a picture somehow something so I did and at the end I went line up for a picture as I was taking the picture I told him I said hey this is what's going on with my son we're in. District five in Manhattan. He has CB. He needs a CBD in school. What can you do to help us? This doesn't seem fair. And surprisingly, he was really receptive. Wow, that's that's funny. <laughs> he was extremely extremely receptive. He said, "Okay, wow, mm, this, this seems like an issue, public health issue." He mentioned. I was like, "Yeah," and he said, "Let me get your email." And then he said, "I'm gonna email so and so, and that person should be getting back to you." And they did. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. That you, And the funny thing is, you sent me, a, you texted me a picture you took with the blouse. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, he was really, I was like, okay, this went, I had the courage and actually something came out of it. Yeah, it was. And you know what's crazy? Soon after that, I believe Senator Gillibrand was speaking in Brooklyn at the time. And I was like, I am going to corner her. <laughs> I took Aiden with me and a friend of mine, and we went out there. And for some of these politicians who come up and speak, they usually like to do the backdoor exit soon after yeah, they're done exactly, speaking. Yeah. So after you had met with Mayor de Blasio, you had the conversation. And then you had also with... Uh, so, yeah, so that... So after I spoke with de Blasio, I knew that this had to be more on the local level. Yeah. So I said, let me talk to the senator from my district, which was Brian Benjamin. Yeah, we saw Brian Benjamin. Yeah. So I couldn't get directly to him, but then I spoke to his chief of staff and we exchanged emails. And after that, I just kept on emailing her, emailing her and calling the office, emailing her again. She never got back to me. So then we saw that. Our senator was having a, like a community town hall meeting again. Yeah. I told Osiris about it. And I said, I'll be there. You know, I was like, when is it? What time? I'll be there. Uh, and it was interesting because I'm like, okay, I went there dressed. And so we're sitting, I think they had rented out a, I think they were using a hospital floor. They were using a room from the hospital. I guess a space for the town hall meeting. So I'm sitting there and listening to everybody as they come up and speak. Most of the part of what the general public were talking about was the usual things, needing security in the project areas, needing more police presence, more security cameras, more lighting. The other issue was the rent was too high. Uh, that was one of their concerns or basically garbage be not being picked up. So it was my turn and I stood up and said, what are you going to do about kids needing medical marijuana in schools to deal with epilepsy or any kind of ailment? I think everybody that was sitting there, because most of them were elderly, turned around, looked at me like, what the F is he talking about? They literally looked at me like, I don't know, like, what? 
that everybody has this problem. But <laughs> since they looked at me, I'm looking back. I'm like, yeah, I'm very serious. The senator said, oh, yeah, oh, yes, I have to talk to you. Literally looked at me and said, I, yes, I have to talk to you. I, I spoke to your wife. Yes. Uh, he looked at his chief and said, get his number, please. Talk to him. We'll, we'll sidebar this. Literally just stopped and said, we'll sidebar this. <laughs> it, it was the craziest thing. So I was like, oh, you met my wife, but yet you never responded. So <laughs> now it's on. <laughs> Basically, now it's on. So after everything was done, the chief of staff had came by and spoke to me and said, yes, uh, your wife, her and I had spoken. We exchanged number. Here's my number. Let's schedule a time and talk. I said, not a problem. I'll definitely come out and see you. And the senator, eventually I went over to him and I introduced myself. We talked briefly and he said, yes, please, let's make an appointment. Come see us. And that was the beginning that got us on the ball rolling forward. But soon after that conversation, I was, like I stated before, I attended another town hall meeting where Senator Gillibrand was there. And I was able to get on stage, speak to her, take a picture with Aiden in the hand. And she got to meet him. Soon after as the, that meeting was over, she, you know, she had went out the back door. Didn't really seem that was the opportunity for me to talk to her in depth about what the issue was and what we we're facing. And she said, well, let's schedule a meeting with my people in the city because she would be in D.C. And she really couldn't get involved because she's at the federal level. So I said, I understood. But she she knew and she heard and she wanted to support it any way she could. And that was very that was very important just for her to have the ear and give me that moment to listen to myself and take a picture with Aiden as well. So we do have a picture. Actually, when she came back to New York the following year, we took another picture. She remembered Aiden. She's like, oh, my God, Aiden, look, he's also grown up. It was it was really good and really kind of cool, too. Yeah, like a state good. senator not forget you and you're like, take pictures. <laughs> it's like. This kid is six, and he's like a senator, a state senator, a local senator. Yes. It, it is a journey in a half. But it was just the beginning. So we knew when we were going to meet with our local senator that we had to have a game plan mm-hmm. of what we were going to say. Yeah. So we had a pad, pad, and we're like, okay, we got to give statistics. Yes. We have to give examples. So it was great that New Jersey already had something in place. So we gave New Jersey as an example. We gave a plan of action. Yes. So we had to have everything all set because we were like, you know, we we don't want to go there and not be prepared. And that's pretty much what they want is that they want things prepaid. I guess pre-made, not prepaid, but pre-made in a sense for them to look over and then have their people look it over and then if anything else, rewrite the language so mm-hmm. it fits, uh, especially something like this. When we originally decided to put the bill together, it was going to be called Aiden's Bill. But then I did some research and realized that there was another bill in New York State named Aiden's Bill. It was for a child that had died from a, I guess, a, from a, some a strange disease. Yeah. And, and I did not want to take anything away from that by creating another bill under Aiden's name. So I used Aiden's middle name, which is Tan Shin which was given to him by a dear friend of mine who's a, she was a female Buddhist priest, one of the few in this world. Tanshis means secret of truth. And I thought this was really appropriate. It, it was so apropos for this, what we're going through, the secret of truth. And then we're referring to this plant, you know? Yeah. So we call it Tanshin's Bill and it was titled S8191. And that bill 
basically uh, laid out that the school would create a policy that would allow for someone to be a caregiver assigned to Aiden, whether it would be what, a teacher, a nurse, or even the principal, or someone someone at administrative level, but someone would be able to administer his CBD while either in school or off campus at an, an event. So, yeah. So... It was, a, it was something to protect them yeah, exactly. legally. So let's backdrop to the day of the meeting. So we got a meeting with the the senator. So we we got dressed up, <laughs> suit and tie, ready to go, professional. Ready to and go. We're like, okay. So we got there and we're in this his office. Yeah. And we got, we, the we got the meeting. We're in his office. We gave all the information. We actually printed out a copy of. The bill Jersey has, so they had some. It was New Jersey, New Jersey. it was Maine, yeah. and yeah. it was. And also, we had help from other people too, from other states who were also preparing the same yeah, type exactly. of bill for their states. One from South Carolina, another one from Colorado, and there was another father out in Washington, Washington State. Yes, so we had all these examples. Mm-hmm. What and, to include? In what the bill. to include? So, um, at the end of the meeting, he said, "Yeah." He said, I'll support it. I'll support it. I'll try, get someone. So at that case, you don't. So also, there's bill writers. So yes. we didn't. We didn't write the bill. They we gave what well, we we gave input, but they had bill writers. Yes. Shout out to Phil. Yeah. Thank so you, Phil. They had the bill writers, so we, they would keep us posted on how it was. It's a long. It's a lengthy process, but they kept us posted on all the steps. Yeah, it's true. They did emails back when they did complete it. They said, what do you think? What do you think we should add? What should we do with this part? Simultaneously, Senator Savino out in Staten Island had her bill as well. She was a strong proponent. And God bless her because she really pushed a lot into the medical marijuana program and what she added. So it was awesome. She didn't have a role in our bill. But at the same time, because of the things that she was doing, it kind of helped us design the bill that we were uh, we put together. Yeah, so it was it was great. I mean, I remember when we left. It was a great experience. Let's we, just say that we were great. But we were like, oh my god, I can't believe we just did that. Yeah, no, no. When we got home, we're like, we just met with a state senator. <laughs> oh my god! Like, how often does that happen? When does that happen? So it was it was a lot to take in. You know, all of this was a lot. You know, we went from. Hate to use the word normal people, but we used to. I don't think our life was normal, so I can't so say normal. Not even, yeah, everyday people just thrown into yeah. something, and, and uh, we we did it. You know, we we saw something that wasn't right, and we tried we, to make it correct. We tried to, yeah, we said this is not right. This, yeah, it's not acceptable. And, and we had the, you know, the courage to to say something. Yeah, and it and it's not that easy. It really takes the courage because. You're literally changing how you think your life should be and putting into another path that you did not even think about was even in line in what you want to do. Because you you just want to take care of your child. You just want to have your family. You go to work, come home, pay your bills, you know, just be the everyday person. But now you're thrusted into his role like, this is for my son and sons like him or children like him who may not have that parent Who's, a, who's able to commit to that time to do these things because they don't know where to start. They don't know who to reach out to. They don't know how to get even in the mindset of doing something like this that we're doing. 
And it was amazing. It was amazing because I wasn't, you know, raised to do that. Like if, if someone says no, a, a higher figure is no. That's it. Not me. There's no saying. <laughs> I think that was the difference between yeah, us. Yeah, there was no. You, it was like okay, it was no. You know, I was like, I'm not accepting the no. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna push like, the envelope because it wasn't right. You know. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. It wasn't right, and I think that's what we made us want to push this further because. It just did not sit right with us. Whether we, you know, you saying, you know, no is no. That's how he raised. But this part of you says, you know what? This doesn't feel right. This is not how our lives or anyone's life should be. Where we accept things the way they are, especially when it's not something that's beneficial to us or our child, especially when we're struggling. And our child's struggling. We need the support. We need to really change things, especially when we see it's going to be changing anyway. Why not now? Exactly. And you, know, you go to a hospital, and I've worked in a hospital before, you see these patients really doped up on very high doses of... Comatosing type of drugs. Yeah. And the nurses can give it out. Yeah. No, dish it out. Dish it out. No, no problem. Right? Even some of these things can cause these patients to be addicted. That's crazy. But they can give it out. No problem. Yeah, they can give it out in schools. Right? Yeah. Anywhere. That's absurd. That's absurd. And yet we're talking about a plant, right? But. We're talking about a plant, right? Exactly. That's just nuts. So it, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem right. But for the most part, I mean, we really thought about not just our family, but other families behind us that were going through this. So we had our first press conference. It was a month before they went into, what is that called? I guess they went. Sessions? They went to Sessions. So it was in April. So we had the press conference. This was really interesting. So we went to the press conference. We're outside in front of City Hall. We had the media there. It was it was crazy. Big ups and shout outs to all the people that came out to support us. Yeah. Shira, my family, my brother Gary, my sister Maylene, my, you know, who, I mean, there were so many people. Jake and, uh. It, it, it was amazing to see the support that we got. And then the, I guess the media coverage we got it was Channel 5, Channel 11. We even had a radio station that covered and interview us. And this was what's really telling and tells you the kind of disconnect that's going on that's out there politically. It was about, I think the press conference was supposed to start sometime around 11, 1130. So it rolled over into 12 o'clock, and it was basically dosage time for Aiden. So as I pull out the bottle of CBD oil to administer to Aiden, the senator came over and said, okay, so what are you doing? Because we really need to get this press conference you know, going, moving forward. I said, I have to administer the CBD right now. I remember this, yeah. And so he's watching me. He goes, what's that? I said, that's his medicine. What do you mean medicine? That's like, that's the CBD oil. He goes, is this what we're fighting about? <laughs> I said, yes. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what do you think it was? Like, what? I'm going to pull out a blunt or a <laughs> yeah, vape pen for him? I think he did. I yeah, think he did. Yeah. You know, so he's like, really? This is what we're fighting? I'm like, yes. This is absurd. Yeah. And then he got really, like, yeah, fired up. He got really fired <laughs> up. So he got in front of the camera and went off. Because <laughs> it basically looks like, you know, if you have kids, it basically looks like you're giving, like, some type of Tylenol. It's in a syringe. It's a liquid form. So he's like, this is, this is it. it? That's, that's, it. that's all he kept he saying. Goes, okay, let me see how you do it. Let me see how you do it. And, yeah, so opened his, he pulled it out and opened his, his mouth, mouth and that was it. That was it. no biggie. And he was just shocked. I think he, it was just disbelief that 
this is what we're fighting out, you know? And I guess that's what I'm trying to say, like the disconnect or the misunderstanding or the stigma and those years of prohibition gave him the idea, like most, that people are just sitting around trying to get high. And we're doing the same thing with a child. But he was willing to support us, never knowing or never seeing how we administer this. He never asked. He believed this on my faith. It's like, we're going to go with this. Which was very good. But crazy. But good. But we appreciate it. But after that press conference, it opened up all kinds of other things that went on for us. I mean, it was a whirlwind of activities. I mean, literally, we were attending events, local, state. Yeah, we got speaking engagements. Yeah, it was crazy because one of the things, too, is like we're one of the few families of color that's involved yes, this deeply in the sense of political, social, and having their child out there and not hiding and being fearful by stigmas. How about it? Exactly. You know, it was it's a, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was. It Even was our big, families were like... Everybody was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is not us. We don't do these what things. What is going on? <laughs> They're like, I saw you. How many phone calls did text we got? I saw you on TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I went back to work. They were like... Like, were you on TV? I'm yeah, like, were you too? Like, yeah. Yeah, it, that, it, it was interesting. And soon after, Huffington Post reached out to us. Mm-hmm. They found out about us through someone doctor, else. I think we are a cannabis doctor. I think it was a cannabis. Yes, mm-hmm. Dr. Jun uh, Allen. Thank you, Dr. Chin. Thank you. So Huffington Post did a special on us. And I think that not just on us, but other families that are using cannabis to treat their child for a certain ailment. And it was titled... Children who need cannabis to survive. To survive. Mm-hmm. This is an extreme title, but understandable. It, it's the truth, though. It does. It is yeah, the truth. Let's you put know, it there. You know, if it, you know, it definitely for is. the reality of it, and they stayed with us for a whole day. A whole day they were with us. And ironically, they caught Aiden having a seizure like soon as they came in. They were with us from, what, it was like 6.45 a.m. Yeah. until like 5 p.m. The rest of the day, they went to his school. They got to see him in activities. Uh, but they did also get to see the CBD work because as soon as he woke up around 7 o'clock, you know, he sat at the table where they have breakfast. You'll see the videos on it's on YouTube. It's on Huffington Post website, Listen America. It's also on our page as well on Facebook. It's had over almost close to 5 million views. I think it was about four and a half, four million views already. So... It was astonishing because it took us some time to actually watch it. I think it took me about three to four days to really watch it. And I think it took you about a week to a week and a half to watch the video because when you're living through this, you don't realize what's going on. You're just going through the days. But then when someone presents it to you and have you watch it, it's heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I think I cried a couple of times as I watched it. In fact, I had to watch it in pieces because it was really that hard because they realized like, oh my God, this is my life. This is our life. This is our journey. You know, I don't know if, I don't know what I would be doing right now if this wasn't the case, if I wasn't going through Aiden's journey, because it is his journey. We're just going along for the ride and we're pretty much setting things up for his future because we don't know what it's going to be, but we know what we need to do. And that's really protect and support him in any way we can. Exactly. So, 
it just all of a sudden we become like these social justice advocates yeah. and it just empowered us to actually become fighters. So we don't we know if you speak up and yes. you can you can make change. Like I never really truly believed that until now. You know, you you just have to speak up and you have we were from all this experience we got empowered. Yes, that is so important. We I mean, became empowered and it it helps us in other things in all the aspects of our lives. Yeah, and not it's, even just you know with our cannabis advocacy. Yeah, just to ask you, you know, I, I, you know what? One of the things I walked away with, now continue to walk with, not even walk away with, but continue to walk with, is that I question things. Mm-hmm. When things just don't sit right with them, I'm like I'm not gonna accept this. I'm gonna question it, especially when it has to deal with my son, especially when it deals with our family and what things that we need to in order to ensure his health. His his ability to succeed and those things that he needs in order to achieve certain goals, especially when you're in school, it's you know you're dealing with the the OT, which is your occupational therapist, your special uh, your special ed instructor, your speech therapist, your uh, physical therapist, and they're doing certain things that are like no, you're not giving him the challenges that he needs, you're not giving the, the proper tools, or you're being inadequate in what you're doing. You can question him. You can actually pose them and say, hey, look, I would like to see these things happen. I want you to do these things. Let's open up the dialogue so it's not one-sided. Exactly. And it's the same thing with doctors, too. When we go to a doctor's visit, it's like we're being transparent and say, look, our son is on CBD oil. You're either with us or against us or we're just not having this conversation at all. And for the most part, they've been working with us. And that that's 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 very powerful because before it was always again a one sided conversation because they were the authorities they were the professionals this is what they know exactly so we definitely learned a lot from this experience definitely and I enjoy sharing it because I know there's a lot of families out there and parents who are in the same situation and they don't know and sometimes they second guess themselves look if you're questioning it you know there's something not right. Push the issue, research, be an advocate beyond understanding. And I think a lot of it comes from education. When you can have those conversations because you have to prove something. And so that puts you in a position because you're looking to protect your child, your family, and your rights. So there are other avenues too that leads into this in the fact that now you we're getting more involved in our community. We're also getting involved in our school. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we got signed up for our PTA members now. <laughs> yes. So we're like, oh no, this is wrong. We gotta be PTA. We gotta do this. Not only that, but we were also coaching T ball. Yeah. So I was the manager and you were my one of my coaches. Assistant coaches. Yeah, it it was like, what are we doing? Our son's playing T ball. He has epilepsy, but he's the best hitter on the team. <laughs> And it was a good team. Not to say, you know, not to take anything away from the team, but our son was like, and I think, again, it goes back to our last episode where we talked about neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. the rewiring the brain. It, I I got to see that. Exactly. And, you know, we also, we, we want to help Aiden, but then we also want to help other kids. Yeah. So this whole thing is like helping our community, got to help our schools. It's just not all about your son or your kids and we learn that through all of this it's about everybody because we've met so many families that are that are experiencing the same things we are but not as vocal or involved as we are and I think that 
since they've spoken to us, hear our versions, our stories, they hear what we've been doing. It like again empowers them to say, "Oh wow, you guys are doing all this." They, they're taken aback because, like we said, it's not something that we think we would be doing. But for them, it's like something that now they think, "Hey, I can do this." Exactly. I can try this. You can now. try, and you, you know, learn not. It's, it's okay to speak up. Yes. Like there was an issue at my son's school where there was trash on the playground. And, and I said, you need to call your local senator. They were like, what? I'm like, yeah. They never thought they could I'm do like, something like that. I that- said, let me call Parks and Recreation. Make a free phone call. They were like, what? I'm like, I just, I, I just feel empowered. Like, I know you, you have to speak up. Yeah, you do. You have to speak up. Uh, so. there, there, there is so many things out there where we're going to have to touch base on another Another aspect, something that's close to home that I have to go up to Albany and discuss because it's going to affect my child. It's going to affect our family and how it got us to where we are now. So that's another story. And that's going to be another episode where we can get into it. Don't, I hate to be vague about it, but it is a sensitive issue. So there's two sides to the, every story, as they say. But for the most part, I mean, this plant has empowered us. And that's why we say our motto is be strong and stay empowered. Yeah. Because you know? that's, that's a, a big thing. But thanks for tuning in. I think that is it. Ah, you think this is it. There's so well, much for more. Now. This, yeah, for, for now. now. There's so much more. But we do appreciate you guys listening in. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email or a quick text. Because you know who we are. And you'll find us also on Facebook as well. But we will follow up with the bill itself. Because right now we're still it's still hovering in the air uncertain one of the things that we heard from another senator is that it's best to take whatever portions that we need from the bill that we feel that's most important and add it to another bill that's already in place which would be easier to pass than to do a standalone bill i'm okay with that but then again a part of me is not okay with it but i'll see and we will see we'll see but this it's still it's still up in here i think up in here well, there was a there was a follow up. One of the things that they were concerned about when I spoke to the chief of staff of the center it was that has any schools have felt any repercussions from the federal government in a sense of funding because that they're allowing medical marijuana on campuses. As of now, I have not heard any, and I think that's what was the issue. The, was issue, the hold up. Yeah, the hold up with the bill now is that they don't want to put schools in a position where they may lose federal funding. Yes. Because I guess the CBD is still federally illegal. But that doesn't make sense because it's the funding that they get is for programs. So they don't want to drug free zone. But the pro but I'm saying it's not like the program the funding is to go towards students in the school, but it's for education towards drugs. Like don't use drugs drug policies or programs, right? That's my understanding. So it's really, how are they using that funding then? Are they using it to subsidize other things? That could be some, that's a whole other ball. Yeah. So so (laughs) right now that's, that was their rationale for the bill not passing as Uh of yet. So we'll keep you posted. So tune in. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. So if you guys know anything, please share. If you know any States out there that may have been affected by this, by them, it's only like three or four states, so it's not that hard. Okay, that has allowed medical marijuana on campus or CBD on campus to be administered. But 
thanks guys for listening in and we appreciate you you guys enjoy the rest of your week and um stay strong and stay empowered ciao Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love Love and Cannabis. Cannabis. I'm Nina. I'm Osiris. And we're the proud parents of Aiden. Aiden. Be strong. And stay empowered. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.